Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. This show is sponsored in part by Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping self-sufficient sailors with tools, supplies, and knowledge they need to sew for their boats. This second-generation family business is also the maker of the Sailrite Ultrafeed sewing machine. The Ultrafeed is a portable, heavy-duty sewing machine that was designed to handle all your maritime sewing projects from sails to covers. At Sailrite, you'll find everything you need to take on your next do-it-yourself project, including fabric, tools, hardware, and even hundreds of free how-to video tutorials. Start your next project at Sailrite.com. That's S-A-I-L-R-I-T-E dot com. It is recording again. I just screwed up. I started talking, and we didn't have the recorder going, so second it's like a third or fourth time in my podcast career I've done that but anyway so Jack the last time on the last podcast we were talking about uh, you being in Tunisia during Ramadan and I mentioned when I was in Istanbul during Ramadan they seemed to have a lot of parties when the sun went down there was a lot of food courts that were out and about and did and you did you see that as well yeah yeah we did um, so it's exactly the same it's definitely a big it's a big party um, when the sun goes down, um, and you know it's everyone's up quite late. They all have a bit of a, a well, they have a good sleep during the, the hottest part of the day, so I guess they get their sleep throughout the day. But they they do have quite a late party after the sun goes down. A lot of it's to do with eating, obviously, after all that time of not doing so. Um, yeah. So um, the other thing we talked about. Tunisia in the non-recorded part of it was the fact that it just felt a bit strange for us you know like during Ramadan eating on the back of the boat drinking beer having cocktails it just didn't happen because you would have these people walking around that couldn't eat and were thirsty and weren't even allowed to drink water so you sort of felt a bit odd also felt a bit odd on the beach with uh, you know a lack of females on the beach it was all males um so we didn't go to the beach and and so on um guys in the evenings with um rifles hanging around looking as though something might happen but it doesn't and potentially just doing that for the westerners to feel safe but it sort of makes you feel less safe if if, if they're walking around you were in tunis right uh yeah so we were monastir Correct in Tunis, yeah. So if you uh, if you look at Malta and you go west from Malta, you're pretty much in Monastir. Uh, so have a look at where Malta is, yeah, and draw draw a line to Tunisia, going pretty much straight over to it. Okay, and straight over. Oh, okay. I was looking at the city of Tunis. So okay, so you were in Monastir. All right. Yes. And that's a now that marina there. In this Google Earth image, it looks like the marina is pretty much totally empty. It looks like there's yeah. a couple marinas there now. Three marinas on Monastery, it looks like. Okay. 
Yeah, there's sort of there's a working one and and so on, but there is one there that sort of the yachts go to, and um, it's more yacht yachty marina, and and it's a bit prettier than the industrial ones, but um, and that's the one that we were in. They have a they have a small lift uh, in there, and you can get some work done there. It's relatively inexpensive. I mean, you know, food. The marina's inexpensive. The food's inexpensive. Or the food is very cheap. If you have a big fuel tank, um, you should probably fill it up because the diesel price was uh, 80 euro cents a liter. Um, so compared to the rest of the Mediterranean, where in some places we were paying up to two euro dollars, um, that's that's a pretty good price. Uh, it's sort of a bit like um, you know getting tax-free fuel. Uh, in Montenegro or somewhere, uh, those sorts of prices. The marina was it uh, uh, was it open to the public? Because you saw, you talk about people walking around seeing you eat. Was it was it fairly open yeah. to the public? Okay, it it was fair, fairly open to the public, but um, there was a lot of security around. So, you know, if if somebody was there and they were doing the wrong thing, they they'd soon be spoken to by a security guard or one of the police and there's a police station right there in the marina so yeah it's um it was totally fine so i had i have an email from one of our listeners it's from nico vincart in belgium he's 47 year old engineer and he's going to be uh, chartering a boat in july of 2019 uh, on the north coast of Sicily from Mar Porto Santa Maria Maggiore. I wonder if that's the same as Porta Rosa. That's probably the same Porta Rosa because I've been along the north coast and that's the one that comes to my mind. But anyway, he wants to know where he should go. Should he go to the Aeolian Islands? Should he sail around Sicily? Should he up to the Amalfi Coast and, and uh, Capri and Ischia? And Jack, you've sailed there a lot more than I have and in our last... <laughs> in our last episode before I had actually turned on the recorder, you were going down this path. So let's re rehash that again. Yeah, okay. So first and foremost, he's got two weeks. So let's look at that. So we, as I was saying before, we came to Marina de Ragusa this time from a place called Gaeta. And Gaeta is the bay north of Naples. Um and uh, Formia is the other city there, Formia, Gaeta, um, and also Gaeta, as I was saying, was the home for the American Sixth Fleet command ship. Um, and, you know, an interesting place to visit as well. But that trip from Gaeta all the way to Sicily and past the west coast of Sicily, down the south coast of Sicily to Marina de Ragusa, we did that in three days, two nights, nonstop. So if he's got 14 days, he's got an opportunity to explore quite a large chunk of the west coast of Italy. Um, you know, even think about Sardinia, uh, because obviously that's part of Italy as well, so he's not taking the charter boat out of the country. I'm not sure what the distance he can cover in that time as to the contract is concerned. But... Um, you know, you can go all the way to the islands off Naples uh, in a couple of days if you want to go straight there. Um, you've got 
Ischia, Bentantine, Ponza, those islands. You know, that's that's a two-day direct sail. But obviously, he's got two weeks, so he could take that pretty slow. And then he can... The Amalfi Coast is fantastic. Um, I'd say we had quite an experience in Positano because um, there's no protection around in, right in front of Positano. Have you been there? Yeah, I have. Uh-huh. Yeah. They've, they've put a whole bunch of mooring balls right in front of Positano and you can pick up a mooring ball, but they're charging you um, $10 um, per meter. Whoa. So, like, you know, a 14-meter boat's 140 euro for the night can you still, on a mooring can, ball. Can you still anchor there, or do they, are you being forced to take a mooring ball now? Well, the mooring field is pretty big, uh, and the ability to put your dinghy on the beach to get off your boat is really, really limited. Like, the beach is private now, and, you know, the only thing you could do is maybe put your dinghy on anchor and then, you know, try and get off the dinghy somehow and without getting too wet. If you're going out for dinner and it's a fancy dinner, you're sort of limited. Uh, there is a more there is an anchorage area which is a little bit further away uh, from Positano. It's not too close. Uh, the mooring balls, you do get a free um, taxi service to the jetty. Mm. So it means you can get dressed up and go out for dinner at night and get picked up and they operate that 24 hours. But certainly not, not cheap and rolly as anything. Oh, yeah. Unless it's totally... Unless it's totally calm, it rolls and rolls. Yeah, I spent one um, night there at Anchor, and it was just rolly. It was not worth it to me. I, you know, it's yeah, it's it's a nice village to visit. It's a spectacular village to visit, but boy, that anchorage was really uncomfortable when I was there. Yeah, yeah. So you you've got to like anchor the boat and just spend the whole day in town, and just come back to the boat to go to sleep because otherwise you just won't like it. But um, that but Amalfi is fantastic. Um, did num- we did a number of hikes in Amalfi that were just superb. Some of the best hikes we've done for a long time. Uh, reminded me of being in the Pacific Northwest in some ways. Um, yeah, waterfalls, valleys, um, you know, villages on top of cliffs. Um, you know, hiking 1,500 feet straight upstairs. And that, that that was hard work, um, but and there's in the little uh, in the little marina in Amalfi, there's this guy that uh, actually parks your boat for you, and it's the first time ever I've had anybody drive my boat. <laughs> <laughs> so they they would into not a, they would not allow a, you to park your own boat. No. Oh. No. So yeah. He came up, and uh, and this guy was amazing. Like he could make he could make he, the num- number of boats he parked without touching another boat, and they're just packed in. If you have a look at that little marina in there, it is tiny, and he gets so many boats in there. It's it's just phenomenal. Now this is at the town and, of Amalfi, right? Because I'm looking at it yeah. on Google Earth. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the town of Amalfi, um, and we were told about this guy and this marina from some other cruisers that had been there the year before. So we knew what to expect. Otherwise, I would have felt it was a bit strange, somebody wanting to drive my boat. Um, 
So, you know, so I was backing him and backing in and, you know, he, he just takes it into this area that you think, whoa, that's really close to shore. And, you know, but he, he knows that marina so well and he's parking boats and he's taking boats out constantly. And I think the main reason he does that is a lot of the boats that go in there are charter boats. You know, these people just don't have the experience with uh, boats and, of course, with his marina. And he's able to get them in quickly and safely, and I think that's I think it's a pretty good service because it certainly prevents other boats from getting hit accidentally with people that maybe don't have as much experience with the boat as they possibly can because it's not their boat, right? Or they haven't had the opportunity to drive uh, the boat or you know skip of the boat for any period of time, so they're not familiar with it. Um, a lot of them don't even know whether it uh, kicks the port or starboard or whether, what, what that is. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's pretty weird about Amalfi. But, see, that opportunity to explore the Amalfi Coast, fantastic. Capri's a bit hard. Capri's another one of those really crazy busy places, and there's no anchorages that are really good for it. Um, the anchorages that are there are great from strong prevailing winds, but, again, they're very open to um, rolling around. So we did anchor near uh, the other, well, the south side of Capri, away from the town, which is where there is an anchorage. Um, and then the other side of it, you've got the marina, so you can go into the marina, but it's super expensive. It's one of the more expensive marinas around. Um, so not necessarily an island that we spent a lot of time on, but uh, Istia, fantastic. Um and Ventantine also. Mm -hmm. What else do we have? Ponza. Um, yeah, Ponza, Ponza, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah Ponza is quite good. I mean, usually very protected from the prevailing situation. And you can go around either side of the island. There are some anchorages on the north side of the island that will protect you from a southerly, end, but there's plenty of space to protect you from the northerly, the prevailings. Um, great place for swimming. Uh, and just, yeah, that little island's worth a couple of days, well and truly. Istra, definitely worth a couple of days. Um, the Amalfi Coast, I, for us, we spent five, six days on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, also, you've got Sorrento and Pompeii yeah. on the other side. Did you go around to Sorrento? Did you, or were you just on the yes. south? Okay, so you did. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. And we went into a marina near Pompeii as well, and we picked up a guest. Um, so, you know, big marina there. But a lot of the marinas close to Naples and all the way to Pompeii are usually quite full. You have that situation where you've got all these guys with boats uh, on the weekend. It's crazy. It's like the Armada coming out. But the thing is they all head back uh, when the sun sets. Or, you know, so you, you can come to an anchorage and it's totally chockers. <laughs> it's totally full. And then by the evening, you just pick your anchor up again and re-anchor in a more protected part of that same anchorage because it's empty. So um, so the weekends are a bit funny that way, but, you know, you just bear that in mind and you don't have to worry about it. So you can be on the fringe of a very crowded anchorage and then in the evening be secured for the night, tucked away deep in it and away from any swell. So when I... So I would, Go ahead. So I'd, tell, yeah, I'd recommend that, that area to be pretty good, as well as the Aeolian Islands, which are north of Sic Sicily. Um, there isn't a lot on the 
south coast of Sicily. But um, there are a couple of places like I know Terramina is very popular, which is on the um, east coast of Sicily. So is uh, Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So Aeolian Islands, uh, Terramina. Again, not a very protected anchorage in Terramina. Syracuse is, but Terramina not. And it's got a very famous um, amphitheatre up there that overlooks um, the volcano there, Yeah, which is cool. And Catania is a, a neat city too, if you get into Catania as well. I thought Catania, once I found the nice part of Catania, I thought, wow, this is a neat place to visit. Yeah. I think I think that's the key is finding the right pay, place in Catania. Yeah, because I know that when you hire a car, they tell you not to go into Catania. Yeah, and when you get off the boat, if you take the wrong wrong direction, it goes into a really sketchy neighborhood. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's that's great advice. We'll let him decide where to go. There's too many choices, and there's not a wrong choice you can make. I. I'm not sure which way I would go if I had that. When I sailed down from Capri, I left Capri early in the morning, crack of dawn in the morning. I got up, I started motoring, there was no wind, and I sailed all day, all night, and I got down to uh, Volcano the next day. So that's how long it took Mm -hmm. me to go nonstop. So that's just uh, my experience. And I spent the night in Volcano, and then the next day I went down to Puerto Rosa. And uh, that was so. Yeah, a couple days, couple. And he says he's not afraid of an overnight sale, so that might be a possibility for him if he is yeah. north. Okay. All right. So Jack, I still got Neil online. Neil, feel free to to uh, ask any questions if you have any. So Jack left Tunisia, and uh, continue on with your adventures for this summer, Jack. Uh, so yeah, from Tunisia, we did a um, overnight sail to Sardinia. And we ended up in Villa Simius. Not sure if you yep. spent much time. No, I, yeah. I was always in the northern part. I did take a, a, a train down to, this was back before you had internet all over the place, but I took a train down to Calgary because I heard they had an internet connection down there. That was a long time ago. And then I couldn't <laughs> find one. So, no, I never got down south with my boat. I was always in the north end of Sardinia on my, on my boat. So Sardinia is, um, you know, probably more white sandy beaches than anywhere else that we've seen in the Mediterranean so far. Um, so there's plenty of beautiful white sandy beaches, clear water. So fantastic from that point of view. Um, we really did a lot of sailing in Sardinia compared to a lot of other places because the prevailing wind uh, was from the land. So there wasn't much fetch. The waves weren't very big and you could just go north and south on the wind that was there and you'd be reaching um, doing so. So that was great. Um, when we landed in Villa Simius, there's actually a little sand spit there, and you could basically go around either side of this thing. It was like a half-an-hour trip, and you'd be protected from the wind coming from the west or the east. You're obviously protected from the wind from the north because you've got the island there. So very, very protected area. In essence, I mean, we had some pretty high wind going across to Sardinia, but it then all just disappeared as soon as we got close to the anchorage. And we had a you know, great first night there. Ran into some people from 
Marina de Ragusa, the boys actually ended up doing a dive course, their paddy dive course qualifications there. So enjoyed Villa Simeus. That was pretty good. Um, and then we continued to go north. Oh, I, a funny story. There was the Coast Guard, the Italian Coast Guard were there and they were checking to make sure that nobody was too close to the beach every day as far as anchoring was concerned. Yeah. And I and I said to them, um, I, I jumped in the dinghy and went over to their little patrol vessel, and I said, "Can I check in in Villa Simeas?" <laughs> and their first question is, "Why do you want to check in?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, "Well, we're an Australian registered boat, and we just came from Tunisia." He goes, "Ah, oh, okay." Because, yeah, he says uh, Calgary would be the closest place. And, of course, we weren't going that way. We wanted to head north. So I didn't end up checking into Arbitax. And it was funny, at Arbitax, went into the Coast Guard there and they they uh, they look at the paperwork that I filled out and they go, well, you, you've um, you put your last call with Phil Simeus, but you, um, but you say you came from Tunisia. I said, yeah, I went from Tunisia to Villa Simeus. He, he goes, do you mind if we just say that you came to Arbitax straight from Tunisia? <laughs> you got to love the Italians. <laughs> Jack, you still there? Jack, Jack, Jack. All right. Yeah, so one, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm back with Jack and, and Neil, but I got cut off. My, my internet went out while we were having this great discussion. Uh, but, but Jack, the last I heard on your end was that you were trying to check into uh, Sardinia and the, the person said, is it okay if we just use, uh, this is your first location on Sardinia instead of the other. So take it from there. Yeah, that's, uh, that was it. Um, I think uh, whilst you couldn't check in further south, uh, or certainly where we came ashore, which is understandable, not every place is a check-in spot, uh, they certainly were not too fussed about the fact that, you know, we had been there and we were moving up to Arbitax slowly and and then checking in there. I mean, they understood that there was all intention to do so and that Arbitax was the closest port for us on the way up north. Um, I tell you what, though, had you done that in Croatia you probably would have ended up in jail. Yeah, yeah. The Italians are really have the right attitude towards bureaucracy. Where, where did you actually check in at then? Because I see Tortoli, or was it before uh, that? Ar- it was Arbitax. Arbitax. So it's a fair way up. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So Arbitax is maybe a little bit more than halfway up the island. Okay, because I don't see it sitting in here. Okay. Anyway, I'll just uh, look it up later on. But that's where you finally were able to check in then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we could have checked in if we'd gone west to um, Cagliari. Um, but it was our intention to go north. So let's, uh, let's wind this up because we're all running out of time today. We've been at it about an hour and a half right now. But, Jack, just finish out your sail on Sardinia, and when we get back together, we'll start from there and go from there. And, Neil, I think you and I want to do just a one-on-one on some of your adventures in this summer because I think you had some stuff to talk about that we didn't get to. 
Right. Well, the yeah, the Orland Islands in particular, there were five or six places that I went to. And it's just such an interesting and unique place um, that it's worth sort of doing a deeper dive into. Um, you know, the, the the aspect of the, the Stockholm archipelago, I think people have heard from before. And I really wouldn't have that much to add other than just to recommend a couple of new places that I went to. But um, it definitely has a different feel once you cross the the Baltic over there to the Orland Islands. And there's a it's very much uh, there's a big atmosphere of a, their Cape Horn heritage and their square masted ships. And it's really uh, it's really quite special in that in that regard. OK. All right. We'll we'll talk about that in a separate podcast. So, Jack, how long did you spend on Sardinia? Um, hmm. Yeah, now I have to look that up. But oh, it was just, just roughly uh, would have been a month, really. OK. OK. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, in doing so, we only did the, um, we only did the east coast of Sardinia. Um, and predominantly most of that time was sort of between Olbia and the very northern tip of Sardinia. And the amount, you know, if, if you, if you just go there, you can easily spend, um, a lot of time there. A lot of time, and and you've got the ability to hide from very strong winds on anchor without having to go into port, and you can, you know, you can reprovision in places like the port of Olbia really easily. I mean, if you go into Olbia, you can go right up to the supermarket and pretty much anchor within 50 yards, or where you can take the trolley straight to to your dinghy, <laughs> and <laughs> so you know. You, you go across the road with a trolley, empty the trolley into the dinghy, 50 yards, you're back on your boat, you've been at anchor, so it's not cost you anything to come in there. The holding is really good in the anchorage, uh, you know, and, the, and it's a big big supermarket there, so you get anything you want, and then head out for another week <laughs> and then come back and do it again. Um, and uh, fantastic um, place to be. You know, well and truly. I mean, we intended to do the west coast of Sardinia, but just ran out of time. There's so much to see in in Sardinia. Um, we did spend uh, part of that time between Ajaccio and Porto Vecchio, um, and a little bit north of that on Corsica. And that I think that probably, like Neil says, is you know those two islands and some of those spots probably deserve a much deeper dive into as well but um brilliant cruising ground a uh, few differences between the two two islands due to the fact that one's french and one's italian um and i have heard that some of the french people consider the corsicans to be rude <laughs> <laughs> well of course napoleon so a, was famously uh, a corsican wasn't he so um you can yeah you can judge from that you can, what you Exactly. You can go to Jasio and see his house that he lived in. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think we should probably cover that on a on a separate one as well. So probably time to, to head off, but um, look forward to it. Uh, just one last question on Porto Cervo. Did you go in and watch the parade of the super yachts in and out every morning and evening? Uh, if, if you go there before crazy season of July and August... 
you know, you get to some of these super yacht places and they're fantastic, but you just turn up and there'll be like a bay full of super yachts and you go, what's the attraction in this bay? And you, and you go to the bay and you go, well, this bay is no different to any other bay, but the difference is if you have a super yacht, you have to be parked next to another super yacht so that you could, you know, get in your helicopter and fly over to the one next to you so for dinner and stuff. So, <laughs> so of course, they all park next to each other just so as they could be together. That's right. Not really because the place that they're at is better than any other place. All right, you guys, it's been great talking to you. It's uh, It's been a long time since we had a three-way conversation. I think the last time we had a three-way conversation was on the back of your boat in uh, in Greece. Uh, in Paros. In yeah. Paros, that's right. That's right. Now, yep. I've got a lot of comments from listeners that love to have that three-way conversation. They had a lot of fun with that. So let's do this again sometime when we can all work together. And in the meantime, I'm going to reach out to you, Jack and Neil, and we're going to uh, do some one-on-one, but then we'll get back for another general conversation among the three of us. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right, Sounds thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Okay. See, you See you, guys. Yeah. Good night. Bye. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.